May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I'll start today by wishing everybody a happy Father's Day. It is always good that we gather together and celebrate these occasions. I got to tell you, the sermon is not about Father's Day today, but I want to make sure that I wish everybody a very happy Father's Day. Today, actually, we're back on the Sea of Galilee, and we see Jesus beginning his ministry to the people in all the local villages and towns surrounding the shoreline. In many ways, Matthew starts this by showing us immediately the heart of Jesus and how he's refining his mission and calling in the world and how this mission that Jesus has extends to us. The people around the Sea of Galilee were pretty much subjects of the Roman Empire. And in first century Roman-occupied Palestine, most people had almost nothing materially. They existed only to serve the Roman Empire and their customs and their way of life were always being shut down by a government that seemed to have unrelenting absolute power to serve Caesar and no one else. There was no wiggle room. You fell out of line and you were executed. Economically, you were taxed into starvation. Most people led a desperate life attempting to survive in a world that only sought to take advantage of them. And in that world, in that moment of time, Jesus shows his loving presence at its finest. He sees people being harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And immediately he begins helping them by bringing healing and hope. Jesus takes this moment to show his newly called disciples, all whom Matthew names, to show them how his very own way of love is different. He calls it the kingdom of heaven. He begins depicting a reality that's far better than anything that the local people or that his disciples have ever experienced. It's a vision where God blesses the world so abundantly that instead of relying on rulers to dictate to us how we have to live, it's a grand vision where everyone collaborates, follows the way of love, and lives in harmony with nature and with one another and with God. It's a society where no one is exploited for the benefit of another group. The kingdom of heaven is the fulfillment and this realization of God's dream as it was set up originally in the creation stories. And then we hear it retold to us through the deliverance of the people out of Egypt into the promised land in the Exodus. And we even hear a recalibration of this uh, from a recalibration of all the Levitical laws that were eventually they were ultimately meant to help people set up some sort of sustainable, happy, and healthy life. Jesus's compassion and love teach the newly called disciples about leading people into health 
through showering God's blessings upon them, where all are fed, all are healed, and where everyone belongs. This is a bold vision that was cast upon Jesus' followers, this ministry that continued through the disciples and all that they did in all four corners of the earth, and in the here and now, this call to ministry continues with us. This past week, the Episcopal Diocese in Los Angeles remembered the 100th birthday of the late Malcolm Boyd, poet, priest, civil rights leader, and author. For those of you who don't know who Malcolm Boyd is, he was the author of a bestseller of a very popular book of prayer that was published in 1965 called Are You Running With Me, Jesus? And in this book, Malcolm prayed real prayers for real people experiencing the tumultuous times of the 1960s. Some of them start like this. I'm quoting the book. What can I do about war and peace, Jesus? How can I do anything that will affect the power structures that hold the key to basic decisions about waging war or maintaining peace? Or, you said there is perfect freedom in your service, Jesus. Well, I don't feel perfectly free. I don't feel free at all. I'm a captive to myself. Come over here where I don't want you to come. Let me quit playing this blasphemous game of religion with you. Help me to let you be yourself in my life so I can be myself. Or this one. This is a gay bar, Jesus. It looks like any other bar on the outside, only it isn't. Quite a few of the men here belong to the church as well as to this bar. If they knew how, a number of them would ask you to be with them in both places. Some of them wouldn't, but won't you be with them too, Jesus? 1965. Amazing. In all of these prayers, the intent Malcolm has is to bring a deep sense of Jesus' solidarity with us in the struggles that we encounter. Through his witness, he shows us how Jesus is not only alongside of us, but that Jesus loves us and gives us new insights to face our world as it is, as it is, not some imaginary place that we have not yet seen, but a place that is familiar right here, right now. A place that has unlimited potential, literally the potential of becoming heaven, the kingdom of heaven. If we allow the power of God to do all that the power of God can do. Now, what I haven't told you yet is something very significant. Because of Malcolm Boyd's notoriety of being an author with a fresh perspective, he gained the clout to become even more bold in his ministry. When the horrors of the AIDS pandemic began in the early 1980s, Malcolm's church in Santa Monica, California, was one of the first organizations on the West Coast to set up structures of compassion and love for people whom society and the world were openly rejecting, 
mostly out of fear, ignorance, or sheer bigotry. The people of his congregation rose up to be a different voice in the world, to have compassion on people who were literally dying. And they looked upon those whom they served with the utmost compassion and love because they were, in every sense of the word, harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. No one was offering them love and encouragement and support during the horrors of this disease. Yet his people of his church stepped up and they did amazing things. And the structures of support, like what the people of St. Augustine's in Los Angeles and, and people in the Diocese of Los Angeles offered the local community in the early 1980s, it provided a powerful witness to encourage other groups to start up and other organizations to step, up in the, to step up to the plate. Here in Phoenix, for example, organizations started forming aimed at helping such as Aunt Rita's and the Southwest Center, and they combined their efforts with people like GMHC in New York City, Aid Atlanta, Project Los Angeles, and all of these groups who have tired who have worked tirelessly for the last 40 years. They've done so much that they are now at a point, this is what's so exciting, they are now at a point to cast a bold new vision where it will be possible sometime in the near future to imagine a world without HIV AIDS to imagine a bit more of a slice of heaven being restored back to the created world, the world that God has called very good. We have our own work to do, friends. We champion the lives of children at Garfield Elementary and work tirelessly with our city officials and, church and churches to, to alleviate the suffering of the working poor at Nourish Phoenix and we attempt to help solve all kinds of unsolvable problems in society, problems of homelessness in our, in our city and many others. And we also make a commitment each and every time we gather to champion the needs of those who are oppressed. And this Juneteenth holiday weekend reminds us this new national holiday that we now celebrate all over the country that remembers and reminds us about when one of the most egregious forms of harassment and oppression in the U.S. ever inflicted on a specific group of people, the enslavement of African Americans, this holiday that rejoices at the proclamation of the end of institutional slavery in the United States, and it gives us a charge. It gives us a bold exhortation that we are to champion those who are oppressed, whether because of race, age, color, sex, national origin, physical or mental disability, gender identity, sexual orientation, political affiliation, or religion. We, like Jesus, are asked to go and see those who are harassed and helpless, those whom the world has put in a corner, whose society has ignored, and we are being called to be the ones 
who help people be seen for who and what they are. To help people claim their fully participatory status in society, to bring a light and a powerful love of Jesus into the most hurt places of our universe, and to liberate, to love, and give life to the places and the people around us who seem dead. Yes, this seems like an impossible task indeed. But we have a God who has been revealed to us by Jesus who tells us that we will indeed experience the kingdom of heaven anytime we cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. And we already do some of this work. But do we rely on God for the support and the encouragement to go further? Matthew's gospel tells us that we can literally go to all the ends of the earth and that Jesus will be with us always, even to the end of the age. We are to offer compassion to others, unlimited compassion, unbounded compassion, just as Jesus offers it to us. This is divine guidance that we're being given today to, in the words of Malcolm Boyd, to ask Jesus to keep running alongside of us as we encounter the turbulence of this world and to bring the kingdom of heaven into the here and now. What a goal. What a calling. What an aspiration. But it's our goal. It's our call. It is our aspiration. Our call to step out in faith to serve our fellow human beings with unwavering love and willingness to make a difference, to keep running with Jesus, to bring God's divine transformation into a hurting world. It is our aspiration to alleviate suffering wherever we see it. And it is our ultimate dream to fulfill what Jesus began and run with God's blessing and courage run together towards this race to global salvation. It is our dream for our lives to be a testimony, a testimony to the transformative power of servant leadership, to have compassion and to see for exactly what it is, to see those who are harassed and helpless and know that they no longer have to be sheep without a shepherd. Because we together have Jesus. And our goal is heaven on earth. And we will be blessed and given every tool available to stop at nothing short of this. Jesus runs with us. We run together alongside Jesus, all of us together with our ministry partners, our neighbors, and our community. And today we claim this responsibility. And we listen to Jesus's noble call on us to proclaim compassion and love. And from this very point onwards, right now, to go and do likewise.